listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And today we're talking about kids in emergency situations with consultant pediatrician and head of department of pediatrics at Ara Damansara Medical Center, Dr. Raki Yadav. So thank you so much for joining us today, doctor. Sure. Thank you for the invite. We are about to be schooled. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so first off, when something happens, you know, the first number you think of is 999. And in my mind, some people think it's police. In my mind, ambulances. So can you walk us through like what that number actually means and, and how it's so helpful for us? Sure, Asha. Okay, so unlike America or other countries where it's 911, which is all the movies that we've seen, Malaysia is 999. Malaysian Emergency Response Services 999 or otherwise known as MERS 999. It is an initiative of the Malaysian government basically to unite Malaysian emergency numbers into one central number for easy access. So the emergency hotline for Malaysia is simply 999. Right. Under that direction, and the direction of the government, emergency agencies will carry out their respective core duties, right? So such as security enforcement agencies like the police, the fire prevention and rescue agencies like the fire department or bomber, medical services like hospitals and ambulances, humanitarian services like the public civil defense, and the emergency in the sea, which is maritime Malaysia as well, right? So, and interesting to know that you can be prosecuted and fined as much as 50,000 ringgit or sentenced to one year in prison if you have been found to prank call 999. So it's a wow. it's an emergency wow. number that it should be used in situations of an emergency. So now, if you're going to ask me what is an emergency, it is basically an incident that puts lives at risk mm-hmm. or cause damage to property or the environment. So examples of an emergency situation is like an accident, mm-hmm. floods, mm-hmm. storms, fires, landslides. And examples of non-emergency situations, of course, is like lost car keys, <laughs> right. asking for directions, mm-hmm. right. or your water supply disruption, which happens very frequently in Slango. So right. don't call 999 exactly for that. Exactly for that. Yes. I think it's important for us to remember that it's a simple three-digit number, which also can be used on a phone that does not have service. And one of the things, of course, that a lot of parents will want to know is in case of an emergency with children, what to look out for and things to take note of. In emergencies in children, I've taken three specific topics. So number one is fever. Mm -hmm. Number two is burns or scalds, Mm -hmm. which can happen in any home environment or a working environment or school environment. And the third one will be cuts and bruises, which is a very common injury in our children. Mm -hmm. So what do we do when a child has a fever? A lot of parents have this conception that if my child has a fever, it's going to damage the brain, right? But what we need to do as parents is, of course, not panic. Let your child rest drink plenty of fluids, wear light clothing. Don't wrap them up in bundles and bundles of uh, blankets and sweaters and everything. Light pyjamas or light clothing. If it's a baby, you can just leave them in their diapers and a singlet, Mm. right? Avoid using too many layers unless they have a chill. So if they start shivering, that's when you put on some clothes for them and Mm -hmm. that's when you layer them up. You also need to know that you can bathe your child when they have a fever. Of course, in lukewarm water, Mm -hmm. not in cold or hot water, right? right? Because we want to avoid other sort of injuries. Mm -hmm. And then you can turn on the ceiling fan or a portable fan because when you move the air, you actually feel cooler and the heat dissipates faster. Right, so the idea is cooling Cooling down the body as naturally as possible. As naturally, Mm. that's that's an important key word because as naturally as possible, not too fast, not Mm. too slow. Medication is actually not always needed but can be given if your child is feeling uncomfortable. 
hospital, right. right? So a lot of times parents panic because oh my child has a fever, straight away give medicine. Mm. It's not necessary because we have to understand that fever is actually your natural body's mechanism. To produce antibodies, your natural immune system is working. It's kicking in to fight whatever infection you're having. Right. So simple medications like paracetamol should suffice if your child is feeling uncomfortable. Right. And of course, see the doctor if the fever is accompanied by certain red flags. So what do I mean by red flags? It's basically severe headache, stiff neck, shortness of breath or any unusual symptoms such as fits. I'm going to mention fits or seizures here because some children have the tendency of having a high fever associated with fits. Okay. But what should you do if a fit occurs? Mm. Basically, gently place your child on the floor or on a flat surface. Mm -hmm. Remove any nearby objects that could harm them such as table corners and things like that. Mm. And place your child on his or her side so it prevents them from choking or swallowing their own uh, vomit or tongue right, or things like it. that. Mm -hmm. Loosen any clothes around their head and neck and do not put anything into their mouths. Mm. Of course, if there's any fit that lasts for more than five minutes, you've got to bring them and seek medical attention. Dr. Waki, could you tell us like what's probably one of the most common uh, accidents or mishaps that happens at home and, and how to treat it with the kids? Burns and scalds. What do you do? immediately get the person away from whatever heat source it may be, right? Mm. Cool the burn. Place that burn area under running water slightly colder than the room temperature for about 10 to 15 minutes or until the pain eases. Do not use ice mm. or toothpaste. This is oh, something that culturally right, yes. we've been told yes, yes. to yeah. use because toothpaste, in fact, has actual certain ingredients that can worsen a burn oh. and cause more harm than benefit. Be aware that that burn area may also swell. So if you have rings, if the burn was on a hand um, or you have any tight areas, a bangle, remove those items immediately so it doesn't swell up and that item gets stuck and you can right. cause more injury. Mm. If there is a blister on that burn, do not break it. Bandage the burn but don't remove anything that is stuck to the burn. So if you have a piece of cloth or something stuck to the skin, don't mm -hmm. try to peel that off. Like just leave it as is. Yes, just cover it and seek medical attention immediately. Mm. If needed, of course, take a non-prescription pain reliever like paracetamol. Mm -hmm. Minor burns can be managed at home. And what I mean by minor burns is basically they're less than three inches wide, not involving your face, hands, feet or joints and are either first degree or second degree burns and the blisters that you have have to be intact. If you have a burst blister mm -hmm. or a burn more than three inches, you've got to seek medical attention immediately. How do we differentiate between, between the degrees of burns? Yeah, so basically the layer of skin that has been removed. Okay. So the first layer, the second layer, third layer. So when you see the deeper you go, the deeper the skin tissues that you see, that means the, the degree of burn has been more severe. Finally, cuts and bruises. So like this is a very common injury. Most of our kids will have cuts. Actually, almost 100% of our children it's, will have a cut and bruise exactly. at any point of their childhood. Yeah. And most of us have scars, our, have our battle scars from cuts and bruises, <laughs> yes, bicycle yep. falls and things like that. Yeah. So what do you do? So first of all, wash your hands as parents or caregivers yeah. and then clean the wound to avoid infections. Stop the bleeding. Cover the wound or compress if the bleeding does not stop. Mm. Seek medical attention if the bleeding does not stop despite you applying pressure. The wound is deep, such as a puncture wound, which can happen with certain things. Or you can't properly clean dirt or debris out of the cut. So mm. sometimes when you fall on tar road, there tends to be debris that falls into yes, a jagged edge yes. cut. Mm. If you can't clean it properly, please seek medical attention because mm. wound that has dirt, thorns, grass or any other items or foreign body in it can cause a severe infection, especially in children. Like okay. when your brother pushes you into a flower pot that shatters... 
Yes. Ah, my life. Terry's obviously speaking <laughs> from experience. <laughs> That's right. There. I have one question to ask you. Yeah. My grandma always used to tell me that if you have a cut and you've got nothing else near you, the best thing you can do is get to soap and water to, to wash it with that first if you can't get to anything else. Is that actually true? So water, yes. Soap might sting depending on the type of soap that you're using. So of course, if it's just a small cut, yes, you can wash your hands with soap and water. But if it's a larger cut abrasion or the degree of injury is bigger, especially in children, mm. where the moment they have a cut, they're going to scream and cry and you're going to try and put soap and water it's going to be difficult mm. but if you can in smaller wounds yes that's cleaning the wound as best as possible okay so dr rocky you know when it comes to sort of adolescents or teenagers you think they're old enough to take care of themselves i mean but what are sort of the most common things that happen with them and what should we know about so accidents are usually the most common things that can happen in adolescence because of the slightly higher riskier behavior as they enter mm-hmm. teenagehood you know yeah so the two things that i've taken out here is choking Mm-hmm. and poisoning accidental choking poisoning and poisoning okay right okay. so choking is basically when you have a blockage of the upper airway by food or any other sort of objects which prevents any person from breathing effectively mm-hmm. right the universal sign of choking is basically grabbing the throat with one or both hands so that is basically the sign i'm showing it to y'all here but yes. for those of you who can't imagine is basically grabbing your hands in a crisscross manner across your neck okay mm-hmm. so that's what, the universal sign so what it looks like with dr rocky doing this is that you're you're imitating as if you are being choked and yes. that is a serious sign that you should you learn someone, and, yeah. and do so that, and everyone take note and yeah. please don't muck about with this because if it's a universal sign it could save your life mm. so don't play around with that exactly the important thing to remember here is do not perform first aid if the person is coughing alright okay. because if the person is coughing forcefully and able to speak a strong cough can actually dislodge whatever object on its own. So don't start doing the Heimlich and things like that right. if the person is effectively able to remove it on their own. Mm-hmm. So this is basically known as partial choking okay. where they can still speak. They're having a little bit, you know, like sometimes we call it tersada. We resolve it on our own. Mm. However, if it is a complete choking, brain death can occur within four to five minutes. So it's oh. absolutely important to remember these five steps that I'm going to tell you. Okay. Right? So number one, Cough it out. Do not try to dislodge it with your finger for the oh. person. Number two, in infants and children, you got to perform the five back blows, but do not hit the child, right? So back blows are basically cupping your hands and hitting their back in a rhythmic manner five times. Like tapping. Mm. Tapping it, okay. right? So you're, okay. you're, that's, that's for infants and children. Mm-hmm. In adults, immediately perform the abdominal thrust, otherwise known as the Heimlich maneuver. Mm. Why I mention this is because Dr. Heimlich, whom the maneuver was named after, did not believe that the back blows worked for adults and he felt that the faster they removed it with the abdominal thrust, mm. it worked better. Mm. So in adults, immediately move to the Heimlich maneuver. Number four, check the mouth. Make sure that there's nothing that can be seen that you can obviously remove it. Mm-hmm. And number five, call 999 and repeat these actions until the object clears or until the patient becomes unconscious. If the patient becomes unconscious, you've got to start CPR. Place him on a flat surface, start your chest compressions. So poisoning can happen to anyone anywhere, accidentally or Mm. purposely. So Mm. poisoning is basically injury or death due to swallowing, inhaling, touching or injecting various drugs, chemicals, venoms like snake bites or gases. So many substances are poisonous only in higher concentrations or dosages. All cases of poisoning should be brought to medical attention, full stop. Right. Right? But what can we do in the meantime? Swallowed poison, remove anything remaining in the person's mouth. 
do not induce vomiting. If the suspected poison is a household cleaner or any other sort of chemical, read the label and follow instructions for accidental poisoning, which is usually written on those bottles. Remember this, if you put something poisonous into your tummy mm. and you induce vomiting, it's double effect for your esophagus, which Going is the tube again. that connects your mouth and your tummy. Oh, so yeah. there'll be double burns, the injury mm. will be higher. Mm. So don't induce any sort of vomiting mm. for anybody. Poison on the skin, so accidental touching or anything that's come in contact with your skin is basically remove any contaminated clothing using gloves if possible. Rinse the skin for 15 to 20 minutes in a shower or with a hose if it's an outdoor environment. Mm. Poison in the eye. Flush the eye gently with cool or lukewarm water for 20 minutes until you're seeking medical attention. Okay. Inhale poison. Get the person into fresh air as soon as possible. So if there's a gas leak within a building, immediately remove yourself. Go into an open air environment and breathe the natural air until help arrives. Like recently, there was an ammonia leak in Aradamansara. Mm. And okay. so this can actually cause a lot of harm accidentally to a person. Okay. If the person does vomit, like in other instances where they have side effects of poisoning, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. turn his or her head to the side so it prevents them from choking on their own vomit. Okay. Right, yeah, which can right. happen if they're as well. on the floor lying down. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. If a person shows no signs of life, immediately begin CPR. So suicide is something that we need to be aware of, especially mm -hmm. in the younger generation these mm. days. So if you do notice bottles of pills or packages or containers that have certain labels on them, bring all of that or whatever information, take photographs or anything and bring them to the doctor who's actually treating your child or the person who's had that accidental poisoning. So, so yeah. in snake bites, for instance, um, they always say, grab a picture of that snake or in certain cases, like especially in the kampongs, they actually kill the snake and bring it to the hospital and show the doctor, this is the snake that bit my child. Right. Wow. So we know immediately, okay, which snake antivenom to use right. or whether it's a general antivenom that we're going to use. In that case, so, make sure it's really dead though. Like. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. advocating to kill snakes here, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, at least the take photo. a picture yeah. or, or try to recall what sort of head the snake had. What is it? Triangular, mm. circle, what Color. is it? Green, blue. Right, right. Yeah, that sort of thing. Okay, so I've got a few final tips for everyone out there. As a parent, because I'm a mother as well, teach your children about the importance of calling 999 and its proper use. Make sure you educate them so that they know how to call 999 in an emergency, mm -hmm. basically to tell about what has happened, to whom and where. And if asked questions, tell them not to be afraid. It is someone that is there to help you. Provide correct information, especially address. So it's important for us to teach our children at least one parent's phone number. If they can remember both, it's good. Yeah. Otherwise, your house address. Stay on the line and follow any sort of instructions given by the operator. I think these are just a few final tips I have so that everybody should be able to handle mild, moderate or any sort of emergency yeah. in the best way that they can. And don't feel too hurt if you can't because not everybody is trained to handle these sort of situations. Mm -hmm. Even right. doctors, we tend to panic when our patient collapses on us. Right. So please don't feel bad if you can't, but do the best that you can to help the person next to you. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.